0: The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by Hotmovies.com. Try out some ethical, paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret subscriptions when you sign up at Hotmovies.com and use the promo code MANHOR. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by Alt Playground. APG is more than just a place to find couples to swap with. Alt Playground is a lifestyle community for all non monogamous and sexually adventurous people to connect and share. And you know, I started a profile. Join me over at altplayground.net. That's A-L-T playground.net. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome to the Manor Podcast. If submissives can handle wearing their leather gimp masks, then you can too. This is Billy Procida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Hey, hey, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to the show. Uh, If you're new around here, let me give you a little quick primer, a little brief origin story of what we do here. Uh, Over the last six years, I've been interviewing uh, women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. Uh, through these relationship post-mortems, we've gotten a little bit of insight into, you know, who I am, and I've done some growth and change stuff, right, because, you know, I'm able to look at myself and, I don't know, try to be a better human. Well, this week's guest is not one of my former flames, but she does hold a special play in my heart and my personal history, uh, my freshman year <laughs> biology teacher, Laura. Uh, she's my very first discovery group leader back at the Hyde School over in woodstock connecticut uh she was basically one of the first people i had to make a connection with my first day on campus and uh and and she took a vested interest in me so she's on the show uh to share a little bit about what 14 year old billy was like as well as her own journey uh as an asexual human person and i'm really looking forward to sharing that conversation with y'all in a bit but first Got something important. I need y'all's attention briefly. I need y'all to take this in, and I need you to make a couple phone calls, depending where you live, and then we're gonna move forward with the podcast. A couple years ago, remember a few years back, Sesta Fosta passed big fucking deal, big problem on the internet. It was uh it was that anti First Amendment legislation masquerading as anti-trafficking law. Uh well, there's a new villain on the horizon. All right, there's a new, there's a new bill in the works. That we gotta take care of. We have, there's, there's, there's new. Congress wants to pass more stuff to restrict our speech on the internet. They want to restrict talks about sexuality on the internet once again. Uh, this new villain is called the Earn It Act. And the Senate Judiciary Committee is scheduled to debate and vote on that uh, soon. So it's not like the big vote, but like it's one of many votes that get to the big vote. But uh, at any point in time in that chain, if you can stop that vote, you stop the future vote. So if we can stop it from getting heard uh, by the committee, it won't get a vote on the floor. The Earn It Act, Senate Bill 3398, it's a law. This is coming, by the way, from uh, the Electronic Frontier Foundation's website, EFF.org. It's a law that would, quote, allow the government to basically scan every message sent online. Uh, quote, the EARNIT Act creates a 19-person commission that would be dominated by law enforcement agencies. Ooh, we haven't really been a fan of those recently, have we? Uh, this unelected commission will be authorized to make new rules on best practices that Internet websites will have to follow. Any internet platform that doesn't comply with this law enforcement wish list will lose the legal protections of Section 230. Section 230, that's what Sesta Foster was about. It's a, um, I don't, I won't go too deep into it, but Section 230 of a different law from a while back ago protects websites from like prosecution for what its users do. It's why if you, you know, commit libel on Facebook, Facebook doesn't get sued, you get sued, right? This is the insidious thing. The government is passing laws, not that like the government restricts your speech. They're saying we're going to uh, strong arm the social media platforms into restricting your speech because they're allowed, but the government can't do that. So this is their way of going around the First Amendment. It's real fucked up. They'll tell you like they did with Sesta Fosta, oh, we just want to stop sex trafficking. That's all we're doing. But once again, they're going after whores. They're going after consensual sex workers who are plenty of age, who are just trying to run their own goddamn businesses. Not to mention, it also fucks with people like me, uh, and it makes Instagram tighten up on anything talking about sex. And I talk about sex on Instagram, and Instagram treats me and a porn star and a sex educator and a doula and uh, an underage sex trafficking and it treats us all the same. That's part of why this shit is terrible. Because I agree. Sex trafficking is a very legit problem that needs to be stopped. And you don't need to attack consensual sex work in order to stop sex trafficking. You know, people get murdered, getting hit by a car. We don't allow cars. We have laws about the cars and then we enforce them. Right. So anyways, this, uh, this is getting brought to a vote and I need y'all to call your senators. And I, I not, I'm not exaggerating here. It actually took me less than a minute. There's a script that I'm going to have a link to in the show notes, Okay, uh, you're gonna click on uh, the call your senator link. It's gonna take you to this page. There's a nice little, very brief script. You just read it to whoever picks up the phone or the answering machine. Most of the time, it's the answering machine, and you're just gonna read that. And then they're gonna kind of ask for a little bit of your information, like just to make sure you are a constituent of that senator. Um, on this site, there's also going to be the phone number for the sender, and I'm going to read some states right now. So if you live in one of these states, I need you to check the show notes, click the link, make the call, do your little bit of duty, kind of like wearing a mask, but like, you know, to protect free speech on the internet. Uh, if you live in California, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Iowa, Louisiana, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, New Jersey, North Carolina, Rhode Island, South Carolina, if you South Carolina, you don't really have to waste your time on Lindsey Graham. Just gather your friends and vote them out in November, uh, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont. We need them to vote no on the earn it act in committee. Vote no on it now before it gets too far, because like I said, folks, the Internet's only going to get more and more restricted the more and more we give them. Don't believe the lie. This is not about, you know, sex traffic children. And to deal with sex trafficked children, this is not the way. So I hope you will uh, go click the link in the show notes. Uh, if you want to stay up to date on the Earned Act and other things happening in uh, in, in sex worker uh, advocacy, might I highly recommend following Kate Diadamo? That's uh, one of the people I get most of my like sex work decrim news from on Twitter. She's great. Um, her handle's at Kate D A D A M O. Highly recommend giving her a follow. Okay. Okay, before I get to my guest this week, Laura Derwin, Ms. Derwin. It's time for the Fan Whore Appreciation Moment. Okay. Uh, This is the part of the podcast where I like to give a quick shout-out to some of the members of my Fan Whore community on Patreon. Um, These are the people who keep the pod moving along. uh, They keep a roof over my head, the internet working, and condoms on my cock. And I like to always show my gratitude for such things. Um, right now I want to say thank you to David, David over in the UK. Um, not, not that great of a sellers of Catan player. Cause I kind of wiped the floor with him, but like, Hey, you're welcome to a rematch whenever you want, buddy. Thanks for supporting the show. And a big old thank you to Richie Wu, who I'm looking forward to. I think I'm going to meet you for the first time on July 9th. If you're able to make it to our monthly man whore munch, you signed up for the level. So I'm hoping I'll see you there. Talk to you soon, dude. Thanks for being a member. And you too can become a member for as little as $2, which will gain you access to exclusive sex-positive discussion groups and private bonus episodes of the Man Whore Podcast, as well as extra access to yours truly. Uh, enjoy the bonus content. Get the goodies over at patreon.com slash Podcast. That's patreon slash man whore podcast come on folks uh you know what is this this is episode 338 if you haven't given me two dollars by now what do i gotta do what do i gotta do to earn it i do it i pay content creators that i'm a fan of i got i have a patreon account that throw dollars to is one of them like maybe an adult futunari cartoonist possibly but that's still me supporting indie content creators you know (laughs) All right, and now for this week's guest, Ms. Derwin. Of course, she's not Ms. Derwin anymore. She's a grown-ass lady these days. But uh, this is uh, the last of these re-released free bonus episodes. Uh, this originally came out and was recorded last year. Went out exclusively on Patreon uh, for free. So, But pretty much just my patrons heard it. So most of you have not. And as I'm uh, scheduling new guests, I'm bringing back a goodie. Laura is able to offer a glimpse, she is a window, if you will, into me in my early teenage years, because how I was at 14 is kind of how I was, you know, 13, 15, 16, and that was an incredibly asexual period for me, Uh, a dare I say incelly. I was certainly uh, an involuntary celibate, but then again, I was also 14, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, but you know, I certainly am not the, the fella who does the, you know, I was certainly not the orgy goer that I am today. And Laura is able to tell you a little bit more about what I was like back then. But also Laura has gone through changes since I was a 14 year old fella. And we talk about this in the episode, but where, when she, where she once identified as more of a slutty gal who was, a you know, an easy blowjob to get She is now coming to her own, realizing that she's asexual. And when I found this out, I was uh, so surprised and so shocked and had so many questions. So uh, we really get into that. And I I thank her for coming on and and opening up. So here we go. Me talking to my old Discovery Group leader. What's up, Hyde Wolfpack? Ms. Derwin. Gosh, one of the most common questions i've gotten over the last six years has been billy where can i go to get my next non-monogamous adventure and now i have a really good answer for y'all Altplayground.net. yes and hey this just ain't some old person swinger site okay this is a community and resource for all sorts of non-monogamous sex positive peoples and apg wants to make sure you feel included on their site that's why they have The options of nine different gender identities, nine different relationship statuses you could be having, like Dom Sub and Boyfriend Girlfriend and Spousal and Platonic, okay? They have eight different relationship types, and they've got 13 sexual orientations. I can't even name 13 sexual orientations, but I'm glad they have that many listed. I'm sure there are more. This is, this is great. What's wrong with options? This is awesome. Um, APG, it's an open community designed to include all sex-positive individuals, and we want to have you there, too. As the country slowly begins to reopen, you can slowly begin planning your next sexy, non-monogamous adventure at altplayground.net. Join me over there. Join our Fan Whore Playground community at altplayground.net. Now let's get to the show.
1: Yeah, I have to carry my walkie-talkie at school and I have to walk like far away from me because I'm too loud on the walkie-talkie and people get mad at me because it comes out sounding jarbled. That, well, that is perfect. You will
0: not sound jarbled here. That was a great... Is it jarbled or is it garbled? Garbled, jarbled, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever it
1: is. Whatever.
0: <laughs> Well, so I, so I said, I brought up the audition thing and then you were going to say,
1: well, I was trying to remember what song you did for, remember, we had to do the singing thing where you had to like get up in front of everybody and sing. And
0: Everyone's got to do auditions. Teachers, yeah. do, everybody does an audition. Right. What and are we auditioning for? Nothing.
1: Nothing. Nothing. It's just, not an audition for
0: anything. It just yeah. makes
1: people sing. Yeah. Get up and sing in front of people. Get over that fear now. Yeah. <laughs> what did you pick?
0: I don't even um
1: I know what I picked. What would you pick? Bjork. I picked a Bjork song. Um the it's Oh so quiet cuz it's a goofy song and I could be a complete nutbag with it. Like I just didn't have to be serious and like show off a voice cuz I don't have one. Right. So it's yeah.
0: I don't even know what I would have done then. Like
1: I'm trying I, I was trying even to remember
0: think what I would have picked.
1: Like I don't 10 years ago 15 years ago, whatever. Yeah, I
0: mean, this would have been, this is 2003.
1: Right. So I don't even know what was a thing back then. Like, as much as I'm shy, Uh when it comes to doing something like that in front of a whole bunch of people, my job is in front of a whole bunch of people a lot of times. So you just kind of shut that part of your brain off and just go into work mode. And that was work. I mean, I was being paid to be there and do it. So it wasn't like I had a choice. Mm. I just did it. Yeah. But that's kind of how work is. You just kind of do what they tell you to do.
0: Well, I did not do what they no, told me to do. <laughs> you did not. You go sing and uh, I, re- I don't have visual memories of this particular incident, but I have been told it multiple times of like what happened. But apparently I threw a fit.
1: Yeah. But you threw lots of fits. Like, I mean, uh, in the grand scheme of things that we, you threw lots of fits. Getting on stage was probably only one of the mild ones, so.
0: That first year had, I, I did improve after you left high, but I that first year I was a I was a shit. I probably enabled you slightly. It was probably good that I left. I needed a little bit of that. I need someone who was like kind of on my team. Um, and it, and I should say right now, I'm sitting down with my uh, former freshman year of high school biology teacher mm-hmm. and uh, Discovery Group leader, uh, Ms. Derwin. Yeah, which I'm gonna, is. I'm going to call you by what I called you then. Hey, yo, Ms. Darwin.
1: Yo, D. <laughs> Ms. D, what up? Yeah. Yeah. You were one of the best students I had there. Actually, the best student I had there. It's a
0: low bar to clear. Like, <sighs> you, all well, I had to do to be one of the smartest kids in the school was just go to the school. Uh huh. Because if I had gone to like any other boarding <laughs> school, I would have been a middle, just above uh, average student. And there you didn't do. And there I just, I tutored seniors.
1: <laughs> right. Well, that's, I always wondered why you were there. Like it, of all the places that you could have ended up, why at a school that was kind of destructive
0: to normal kids? Was that in the moment you thought that or did you – you, do you still – No, I thought
1: better? that, that – I mean I only lasted a year there. I right. mean, part of it was being the only medical staff on campus so I got all of the really weird overnight calls – Like the only staff that lived on campus, Mm -hmm. like the nursing staff, they left at the end of the day. So I'd get the overnight weird calls. But then the other part of it was that I was 23 years old with a sports medicine degree and they were asking me to be a family shrink for millionaires. (laughs) Like there's a lot going on there that I was not prepared for. And I felt out of my element and I wondered how many normal kids there were not really How it would not make them better, but maybe worse being in that environment with such so much craziness going on and with people who were not necessarily trained for it. Like Mm. I definitely wasn't trained for some of the stuff they had us do.
0: Like what?
1: Like the discovery group stuff like they wanted us to talk to parents and analyze them and tell them how to be better parents where... I have no background in that. Like I can talk to parents about injuries and about like how to handle stuff, but not about why Billy doesn't like to eat vegetables and (laughs) why he's getting bullied or like other things like that. I'm not a trained professional in that kind of stuff. And they kind of throw you into it with – a week's worth of training on a mountain. Yeah, like that was that was it.
0: So Hyde School was like a you know like a, a character education family something boarding school, uh, not technically a therapeutic no. boarding school. Acted like it at some times, mm-hmm. but it, you know they they want people to basically through their own experiences and lots and lots of empathy try to help each other. Right. But I I've always understood like how difficult that can be for faculty. Who are like I was just looking for. I just wanted to teach history. (laughs) And now you got me like talking to this father about, you know, his trauma from childhood.
1: Yes. There was a lot of that. And it's not something that you can prepare for it. Like, and then some of the stuff they threw at you. I mean, like I'm sure there's lots of stories that we could tell about some of the crazy stuff that went on there. Um, But just the normal stuff, the knowing which kids should get 5am workouts. And being the one to discipline kids. Like, I'm not comfortable with that level of power. I'm a helper. Mm-hmm. I am not somebody. I'm not a like a sadist. I'm not somebody that wants to make kids get up and do push-ups. Right. As much as I think that it might help some kids, it's just not me. I'm more of a sit down and talk, find out what's going on. I definitely empathize more with students there than I mm-hmm. did want to power trip over them, which is what... I, I just there was so much that I just couldn't get on board with. So I only lasted a year yeah. and then went and found a place where I could just take care of her kids.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like you had planned to they're like,
1: they're like yeah. I'm good at.
0: <laughs> but that is something I've and I, and I still when I've gone back to hide if I if I'm ever like talking at a school meeting, I will always say that like, we had a faculty who like gave a shit and who are so mm-hmm. invested in there are people like you who are like, I don't know. I'm not a trained professional, but like, I know how to listen. And I know how to like. Possibly talk to kids and try to help out in, in whatever way you can. And yeah. I know a lot of people, like, they think back to high school, like, Oh, I had that one teacher who was really involved, but it's like, no, we had a whole faculty yeah. that was involved. And that was like, you know, Hyde has its faults and its benefits. And I'm, look, I'm, I drank the Kool-Aid. I'm still ultimately like that place can gives you the tools to be able to improve yourself. And I think I did. Um, yep. and you saw me at the very beginning. Of that journey, summer and 2003. End. And the end, because you came to my graduation. And, I,
1: <laughs> yes. That was such
0: a happy moment. I almost burst into tears right there, because I saw... So, at graduation at Hyde, all seniors make a speech. Mm-hmm. I mean, through whatever process, and some don't, or some opt out to, whatever. But generally, everyone t- makes a two-minute speech. Yep. And so, when you do that, like, your family rises up. And sometimes it's people, like sometimes family and like chosen family or whatever. Sometimes like you might secretly ask, you know, a family friend who comes out to stand for you as well. Um, and I think I, did I reach out to you, asking, Yeah. Yeah,
1: because we, I mean, because I was in a school that we played in sports.
0: Yeah, you were close by. I was
1: really close. So I got to see you like that year. And I think you invited me. I think you sent me a letter or something to invite me. Yeah. So And yeah.
0: I, I guess I, I didn't know if you were going to come or not. So like my no, way of knowing you were there was when you stood up. So my family stood up in their space. And then in the back of the auditorium, I remember you stood up. And I was mm-hmm. like, Darwin's here. Um, What <laughs> was, what was? do you remember that at all? Like,
1: I mean, I remember going to to okay, it and yeah. I remember being very misty there was sand in my eyes a little bit I mean I, I definitely cried a little bit because it was great to see you finish that journey and knowing that you were going to go and do some more cool things and that you survived it and I don't know it was it was special and I mean you were one of the only kids in that class that I knew so many kids had left come back yeah. whatever I mean I, there's names from that first group when we started that I remember but I don't think any of them graduated with you. Mm. I'm trying to remember if there was anybody else. The only people
0: you could have known would have been, you know, Kayla, Jake and, and Sam. And that was about it.
1: Yeah. It wasn't like it was a big group that I knew a whole lot of kids in, even though quite a few started with you. So
0: it was a pretty big thing. Well, what are your earliest like thoughts or memories of, of high school, Billy?
1: (laughs) Um, I remember you not eating vegetables, and that's yeah, always going to. Everyone
0: <laughs> remembers the fucking vegetables thing. Well, everyone, I'm a health what was teacher. It like I was 14? He didn't eat vegetables. You know what? He ate eat, bacon. I still don't eat. You vegetables. ate bacon. That's all I you learned ate. How to eat bacon at Hyde? By the way, that was the first yeah. place I ate bacon.
1: You ate bacon every meal, and you hated doing dishes. Yeah, and you didn't like cleaning your room, and you were <laughs> you liked going to McDonald's.
0: Yeah, <laughs> McDonald's was big. Really, getting any off-campus food was. Major. How
1: many teachers took you to McDonald's? Not many.
0: Honestly, no. also, by the way, that big McDonald's trip, that was not, that was not a Billy McDonald's thing. Like, I didn't, I didn't even get, I don't even think I got McDonald's. I don't think Steve even let me. So my roommate was a senior, Steve Myers, who was like a piece of shit, like at the time, a piece mm-hmm. of shit 17 year old boy. He has since apologized and been nice. Um, but he like, I mean, he would straight up of bully me as a roommate because like he was a senior, but he was kind of off track. So he would like, like he would watch movies after Lights Out, because he that's you know, he was allowed to for seniors. And just unofficially, when you had an underclassman roommate, that that later lights out kind of extended to them. But mm-hmm. no, he would turn the lights off and watch the movie on his computer. And if I tried to peek, uh, he literally would throw shoes at me. He'd be like, Go to bed. Oh my god. I, I've only seen bits and parts of the original it. Uh, by, by ways of like trying to sneak peeks. Why Um, would you
1: want to watch that at night after lights out anyways? It's scary. I
0: just wanted to watch something, but he wouldn't let me. And I, I could hear the movie, but I wasn't Mm -hmm. allowed to watch it. It was vicious. But one night you were in our, in our, in our room hanging out with him and Jesse Jean Mm -hmm. and y'all were talking and more senior boys came in. It was all hanging out. Yep. And I'm laying in bed and y'all are talking about sex. And, um, don't know if you know this, but. I was a virgin at yes, the time.
1: Yes, I did know that. I
0: was like super virgin, like they don't touch me anywhere, virgin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and y'all talking about things with sex, I don't even understand. Um, yep. You called yourself a lacrossestitute. Yep. Do you want to say what you want to hockey slut
1: la- and lacrosstitute. So that basically, <laughs> did, well, same basic idea, different sports. Sure. But when I was in college, I screwed around with lots of hockey players and a few lacrosse athletes but basically it was what we called the girls that hung out with those teams even if they didn't sleep around with them but i personally i like guys who can run and have thighs like skaters and Mm. i might have a thing for that so that's why i was always drawn to that type of guy and so the name fit because i definitely had my way with enough of them to earn that title yeah So,
0: and that whole little meeting that ended with you getting to go, like they all had you go to McDonald's and you came back with not exaggerating like a hundred dollars worth of McDonald's food. That's Mm -hmm. how many like dudes we had in the room. But then you, 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 you dropped this one where I have no other context for any of this other than you said, yeah, I didn't have a lot of sex in high school, but I sucked a lot of cock.
1: Well, it was (laughs) the context of it was that. I didn't kiss a guy until I was 17 years old. Okay. But my first blowjob was when I was 14. So I had done that a numerous times on numerous guys before I had even had a
0: proper first kiss. Wait, how? Why?
1: Because I didn't date anybody until I was like 17.
0: Right. But like there was no making out before the blowjobs? Nope
1: like pull the pants down i mean a couple of them were consensual okay. like where it was just sort of like i had made a bet with somebody and when i lost the bet it was like okay blow job and so drop your drawers
0: here we go you grew up in texas yeah Was that just customary was it like a
1: i have no idea it was it might be a laura thing who knows okay but then a couple of them were i'm not going to give you a ride back to school if you don't type thing so while i'm driving here let me pull it out and let's go um It happens I mean it's something that I've worked past but there's definitely I was never a big kisser anyways so it was much easier to skip past that like tongues gross me out Um, do you feel like
0: that's one of the earlier signs of the like asexual yeah
1: it's a lot easier to just get it over with and it's less of a mess to clean up Mm. so like the blowjobs are just easier Right, and you don't have to do the whole kissing and gross and intimacy and that kind of stuff. like well, you've I still always, don't. you've
0: always seen it, you've always seen it that way, and that yeah. I've been like the little hint of like, hey,
1: I might actually not be it's amazing intersex. well, yeah, it's amazing how you figure it out later on that, oh yeah, I never was aroused by anything that we did, yeah, like it was never about me. like I' had guys go down on me, and it's just kind of like, all right. This is interesting, but I'm not really into it. And then, like, okay, here, let's flip. Don't worry about it. Let's just – and then it got to the point where I was comfortable enough to be like, how about if I just go down on you? Or how about let's just do this?
0: Which always, like, I – it's not that, like, I hated, like, err. It was just always, like – it was always like, this this, like, sad acquiescence when the chick was, like – Okay, you can stop doing that. Let me do you. Or it was the, how about we just do this? Because I always felt like there was a negotiation that I wasn't even a part of that mm-hmm. I lost. Yeah. And they were like, and like, I, and, and like you, you get a blowjob out of it, but it's just a sad like, oh, she doesn't want to do this blowjob that much. Well, then that means I don't want her to do it that much. And now there's a blowjob happening that no one really wants to happen. But
1: I like blowjobs because it's easy. I'm good at it. It's not something that like I said it doesn't make a huge mess and
0: like Oh then what so what It's a it? power trip. So for you it was about power because it's yeah. not like you were turned I on love, by doing it you just like I
1: like the idea of a get, getting a guy off.
0: Is or it, getting is it, a girl is off? Is there the achievement aspect of it? It's like there's an orgasm and then I know like I, I like won. no
1: it looks nice when a guy has an orgasm or a girl has an orgasm. It looks good. It's a fun thing. They make fun noises. Uh-huh. There's there's something about it that's cool and i can do that but it's not something that i can do in return like sure. it's just not it's not going to happen so it's I, I skip the foreplay would rather skip the sex right i don't mind the blowjob cuz it's just easier that way and then and so i did a lot of that for high school college whatever a lot of my fooling around was blowjobs right cuz it's just Easy,
0: but I, and and I hear the words easy, fun, cool, and you know you don't hear what other people sometimes will say is like it's hot, it's sexy, it's whatever, and and it's, so when yeah. did you realize that you're asexual?
1: What I like actual okay, so I thought there was something wrong with me, right. like I just don't like sex it's never been a thing i don't like penetration it's kind of weird and not because
0: like oh that just it was guys not doing it well but no i've
1: been with some fantastic partners like they are they try very hard they have beautiful penises i like enjoy the people so much probably why i can be friends with so many of them because they were good shit yeah i've had some horrible partners too but i just don't Get off on it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure there's a spot in there somewhere and it's been hit a number of times. It just doesn't do anything for me. I have a really hard time with arousal Mm -hmm. and it's not from like any sort of like one experience making it not good. Though I will tell you, like, after having kids, it became worse that I didn't want to. And I think that might be a hormone change, mm. but I went to doctors. I went to sex therapists. I went to family therapists and nobody said anything about asexuality. They said that your internals are fine. Cause I thought, Hey, maybe there's something wrong with my insides. Like there's, it just doesn't feel good. Okay. Um, I went to family therapists who, I mean, John thought my husband thought that it was something with him that I wasn't Um, into him or something. Into him. Yeah. That I didn't find him attractive, which has nothing to do with it. Um, finally, I read a book and there was a character in it who identified as ace. And like, I related so much to that frigging character. I was just like, this is me. I am an asexual ball of sunshine. I love people. I love falling in love with people. I love having crushes. I love doing things with people. I don't like having sex. This is great. So that was kind of my epiphany. And that was only a little over a year ago, maybe yeah.
0: almost two years ago. I remember you like had hit me up about it. At yes. some point To be like, what's the, what the fuck? Hear-
1: it's great. Like, it was just so exciting to me to like have not just a label, but a community. Like there's actual people out there who are like that. And there's, descriptions of people in books like that and it's not something wrong with my body and it's Mm. not something wrong with my brain and it's not depression and it's not some sort of assault that happened it's not something else it's just the fact that
0: i I just like hugs
1: i like (laughs) hugs i like cuddling i like just doing stuff with people i love falling in love it's just not sexual right so
0: i mean i i had a similar experience when i met the first like Out in the wild met met someone who has done some kind of non-monogamy. I met a woman when I was 21 in a bar who she was like 38. And her friend was like, hey, her and her husband used to be swingers. Like it was going to be some big outlandish thing. But in my mind, I was like, oh, like there's nothing wrong with that. And you're real Mm -hmm. and you're normal. And like things are fine. And that's I'm not broken for thinking differently about monogamy yep and that was an that was eye-opening for me and so i, I appreciate that you were able to find that like in this character. do you remember what book
1: oh my gosh what was it called it was how to be normal
0: okay <laughs> not a self-help book I'm it assuming. is not
1: a self-help book it's an adorable novel it's um a very awkward gay character and another character like lots of crazy characters in it there's lesbian bikers that are in their 70s that ride around in vespas and 80s movie mm-hmm. stores and just very just a cute book but yeah. the asexual ball of sunshine was like the eye-opening oh my god this is so me yeah i loved it but you
0: were so slutty in high school Well, that's so, i was
1: i've tried every variation of sex that feel, i can come up with that i thought i might like
0: but but you always felt the same way about it
1: yeah I never, so I have faked, I mean, I can't even give a percentage of it. I would say 97.9% of the orgasms I've had and the other 3% were really hard work and had machinery involved Mm -hmm. because I just can't do the whole, I don't do arousal. So it doesn't like get me off. So I've faked a lot of.
0: Orgasms in my life. That's just like because because uh, when you had reached out, like um I guess when you had discovered all that, I it was shocking to me not because it was like oh asexuality, it was just like the lacrosse tattoo. I remember
1: I know. I had a ton of <laughs> yeah. encounters, but like I said, I like watching people get off. Mm. So. It, but it, not but in a sexual way.
0: Yeah, not is it a sexual liking or is it like I like making people feel good? Like I like The making same people way feel you good. just give a massage or something. Yep. Yeah.
1: But yeah, so but I and I also like it when people like me. So like
0: blowjobs will do that, at least yes, temporarily. Exactly. People will temporarily like you hard if you give head.
1: Especially if the blowjob comes with no strings attached. Mm. Like we, me and one of my friends, one of our things was we would sit and watch Sports Center and drink beers and it would generally end in a blowjob like we would just while we were watching sports center what a great friend um (laughs) and that was just our thing was sports center and blowjobs and it was just like it took care of the problem i could hang out like it was just what's the
0: problem his erection that's (laughs) the problem that is the source of most problems in the world is a man's erection it Uh. really is
1: no i mean it would just be like one of those things We knew there was some sort of attraction. Mm. We didn't date because there was – I wasn't a – I was not a good dater. Mm. I got told, I don't know, six or seven times that I was not the type of girl that you take home to mom. Uh I'm not the kind of girl you date. I'm the kind of girl you hang out with on the side or you are like chill with and drink with and fool around with but not the type of girl you take home to mom. And so I fell into that role. That was just me, which oh, that is fine. You
0: feel at the time,
1: fine. I was not a commitment person. Right.
0: So like there was never a thing where it was like, oh, I'm I'm this. You were like, yeah, no, I'm that, and this this is great. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's totally. Even though fine. you knew some people thought that that was a bad thing.
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people did. I, I I think there were a lot of people that wondered why I couldn't settle down, why I couldn't hold a guy, mm. why they would go back to their ex-girlfriend, why this, that, and the other thing. And I mean, I cried over some guys, because I definitely, there were a couple that I liked, liked, yeah. like really like, liked. I want
0: to hug them for a long period. Of exactly.
1: <laughs> and then you find out, well, you walk in on them sure. with legs wrapped around their neck, and it's kind of like, oh, okay, so we were definitely not on the same page. And so… You sleep with his line mates and his roommate and two of his best friends and pretty much anybody else you can get your mouth around just to make you feel better about the whole situation. So do you
0: think that was the healthiest way to deal with things? No. Okay.
1: No, but I was also 21, 22, maybe. Hmm. So I don't know many 21, 22 year olds that make great decisions. And I mean, in the grand scheme, I'm still friends with all of them. And that, in, I mean, I guess it's the digital age where everybody's sort of just friends with everybody. Yeah. But I've I've kept up with them, meet up with them, talk to them, kind of thing. For, did, you get,
0: did you get like a lot of like sex and dating advice like while you were a teacher at Hyde? Give a lot, like did, get like a like lot. did, did, did people like come? Did like students come to you with like sex, dating? Questions? Yes, because we didn't have sex ed at Hyde. You no, were actually, you had me. You, well, yeah, I, <laughs> the closest I had was like your biology class, where like yeah, for a couple of days we covered human anatomy. But it wasn't like sex ed, sex ed. It was no. like literally, here's how humans mate. And the next day was like, here's how plants mate.
1: Right. So here's the thing. There was a lot of sex going on at Hyde. Yes, there was. And I was involved in none, none of, of it. it. <laughs> yes, none of it. But that's okay. Like I told you, I didn't have sex in high school. Sure, so but the, I
0: wasn't okay that I was not part you, of it. I would have liked to have been a part of a little of it. it I figured one chick in the student lounge and that was about oh it. Oh, my
1: God. Or – teacher's offices or whatever no there was a lot of sex going on and there wasn't a lot of education about it going on so there were a lot of conversations that needed to be have had outside of the classroom with people that had questions questions about protection questions about what's okay what's not okay how to ask a girl how to bring it up like just lots of questions and i mean I don't know how many other teachers were answering those questions and who else would have been as qualified to, but because I was in a position where I helped people in a medical sense, in addition to being the biology teacher, I was almost like the de facto health teacher, sex ed Mm. ed teacher. So there were just a lot of... Random instances where I answered questions. And then, I mean, it didn't work all the time. We had at least one pregnancy while
0: in the year that I was there. I know we had, I mean, I watched a lot of pregnancies happen.
1: Yeah. There's, I mean, they just weren't very careful.
0: And also Lorna Kay, the, the head nurse at the time, like she wanted, I remember like her either overhearing or asking, but like she wanted to be able to give condoms and the school wouldn't let her give condoms because they're like, well, we punish kids who, have oral or vaginal sex or anal sex at the school. So if we give them condoms, it's like giving them permission. And she would be like, yeah, but the consequence of that is massive. And so we should still give them the condoms. Right. You can get in trouble if you had condoms in your room. Like, uh, yeah, it, it, the, yeah, I remember leaving Hyde and writing like a very terse email to Laura to be like, uh, not you, Laura, but Laura Galton be like who the headmistress at the time. And I, I think she still is. And, and I was just like, Hey, like I just got to college and there are so many STDs I've never heard of and no one taught me anything. Yep. And what's this and what? Like I hope you guys are going to implement some sex education there sometime. And I, and I have asked on, mul- I've checked on like multiple occasions.
1: I mean, when were you guys supposed to get it?
0: If, if we, that's that's the yeah. question.
1: Because you weren't gonna get it when you were at home. Mm-hmm. Most of your parents were repressed and dealing with issues and didn't want you guys, I mean, around anyways. Yeah. When were they going to sit down and talk to you? So then also, you're not those getting at home. Students
0: aren't and also those parents aren't qualified to give sex education Even if they, they never got dude, it. Themselves. There's
1: pamphlets. There's pamphlets available, but they weren't going to go look for it. Mm. They weren't going to take the initiative to do it. The school wasn't going to take the initiative right. to do it. You guys were going to learn from pornography, basically, yeah. which amounts to a whole lot of no condoms and mm. basically a free for all. Nobody worrying about STDs or anything else because it's all. Consent,
0: none of yeah, that stuff, it's yeah. all
1: under the bright lights and cameras. The entire so,
0: the entire sex ed I got outside biology class was once a year. Birchie came to the guy's dorm and taught us the, and told us the, uh, the statutory rape laws of Connecticut. Yep. And yes, a toe counts. And that was my sex ed every year was I got that talk, which was not about consent as a whole. It was how the statutory rape laws of Connecticut. Right. Um, that was. So there's
1: no. Yeah.
0: There's no. So I got to imagine kids are coming up to teachers or at least like the teachers that they trust. Especially the ones like you who were like, you were like one of the cool, young, hip faculty. So it's like, oh, we can go up to, to Derwin and maybe she'll tell us like, hey, like, what do you do when, you know, does, I gave this guy a hand job. Like, is, does that mean we're going to date? Like, oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, there were definitely a lot of instances where I got, can I get pregnant from this? Can I get pregnant from that? Mm-hmm. What happens if he came on my hand and I touched this? Like, I definitely got a lot of questions um, and I gave a lot of answers. I mean, I don't know. I didn't know everything at that point. And now looking back on it, there's I mean, just even at the time, even now, sex education is so limited in what it teaches and we leave too much on the parents. Yeah.
0: And th- and this is I an mean, indictment of just like hides lack of sex. Like this is a nationwide oh, issue. It's huge where, issue. Yeah. So it's like it's schools everywhere just don't don't properly do it. Um and parents. Yeah. Like
1: it's just I know I'm different because I'm a health teacher, so my kids are already well versed in sex positivity and anatomy physiology and how things work and everything else
0: so well not to like get too much talking about your kids but just like the way you've talked about like how inclusive you are in your parenting that like you couldn't give less of a shit about like what labels are end up being attached to oh yeah it's like really awesome inspiring so like i think you're great (laughs) um
1: we'll see if my kids turn out great i mean they're awesome now but we'll see
0: um. So I asked some people in uh, my peep show group, I was like, hey, what questions would you have for like a freshman year teacher of mine? Um, what kind of aspirations did they have for me? Uh, like they did they assume you I would be a tycoon or a street performer or a sex podcast or anything like that? Basically, like, what did what did y'all think I was going to be in the future?
1: You didn't know what you were going to be in the future. It's hard to... Uh,
0: you didn't give us a whole lot of what you wanted to do. I think he's going to cry a lot, though. I he's think he's gonna, definitely yeah. going to cry a lot. You guys would be right. But,
1: <laughs> but here's the thing. I mean, I don't... Uh, I get so annoyed with people who ask 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds what they want to do with their life mm. when... I mean, I know enough... Twenty-three year olds that change majors and don't know what they want to do, or go into college and end up bailing on it because they don't know what they want to do, or going into a job and bailing on it. So, um, my aspiration was that you survived, hide with your good personality and your empathy, because you did. A lot of your crying was not just because of bullying and stuff, but because I think you felt for people too. And I wanted you to be happy after that. And I didn't want them to break you, basically. And then I wanted to, I mean, I knew you were going to go to NYU. So whatever you decided to do with that, it would have been kind of cool, like just saying, hey, I know this kid and he's super famous because um, I don't know any famous people. Sure. So well, I hope
0: I can be your first.
1: You already are. I mean, not yet, but we're, we're working on it. <laughs> you, you're probably the most famous person. I, know. I mean, oh, besides gosh. athletes, but <laughs> um, no, I just wanted you to be happy. That was my only aspiration for you and every other kid that I knew there. I just wanted you guys to survive and be happy because there was enough crap going on in the world at the time that could break break people and bring people down. And I didn't want to see that happen to you guys. Any of you guys. Yeah. So even if I don't remember a lot of people's names and haven't kept track
0: of a lot of people,
1: that was my aspiration for most of them. Hmm. So just to be normal.
0: Well, what was, what was your take on me at the time? Like what was, what was 14 year? Okay. We get at the vegetables. Uh, and I know there's a story for that, but what was 14 year old Billy like?
1: So the difference between 14 year old Billy and 17 year old Billy. So between like freshman year and when you came back, when, when I was at PCD mm-hmm. and you had gone from being this quiet little in your shell, hide in your room, do what everybody asked, tutor the kids, like goody two shoes to this guy who was captain. Everybody looked up to, was going to graduate, had power over people, like you definitely had a different aura to you when you guys came back to PCD that senior year to play us. Mm -hmm. It was like a different person entirely. Like you really had grown into a leadership role there in with that team and... Like the way the other kids looked up to you, it was really cool seeing that change from freshman year. You were so in your shell and just like deer in the headlights look. Um, not, and also not very athletic mm. initially to being somebody that, yeah, was a good runner, was very athletic, was like a captain basically and kept all of those, like the Hyde principles that I liked, like the leave it better than you find it type thing. Mm. You really took that to the next level when you guys came back. So I think you took some things away from there from freshman year to senior year and really grew as a person mm. in those years.
0: Do you have any like um, particular stories that stand out for you? You want to share? Cause the, the the big reason to have you on is there, I, since I didn't really get too much action, um, at Hyde, there's, there are limited people who can really give that good idea of like what me in my teens was like.
1: So I was trying to remember back to Cranberry Mountain. Do you
0: remember Cranberry oh, yeah, Mountain? I
1: remember Cranberry Mountain. <laughs> so that was like the coolest trip that we went on. And, but the fact that you wouldn't eat anything okay. on the trip. And I was scared to death that you were going to pass out while we were hiking Cranberry Mountain, which mm. I don't know if people know, but is at the top of the Appalachian Trail in Maine, almost to Mount Katahdin. So it's like serious <laughs> terrain. We went up there a couple of times. We went, d- you went on the summer trip and the winter trip, right? No, did you no, go- this was just the summer challenge. You did the summer uh, there were, challenge there were, one.
0: We. W- they part of this like four weeks whatever four week orientation or whatever Mm -hmm. part of it is you go up to the woods with your discovery group we went for like you know i think it's like you know three four days three nights there were i remember there were like nine meals served i ate three of them yes three of them y'all wouldn't let me eat because they were like you need to eat the old one first i said no Uh and then three of them i just missed because so you and cisco
1: (laughs) i carried bags of oatmeal, uh-huh. I don't know how it felt on me that I had to carry the bags didn't of oatmeal. Have to,
0: let me not eat it. <laughs> but I carried
1: bags of oatmeal up a mountain, and while everybody else ate, and I got so frustrated because I obviously did not think you were getting enough calories, and we were doing serious hiking, and we ended up not making it to the top of Cranberry. That was the that was not because to- of me
0: though. Not because of me.
1: No, but it was the second time that we hadn't made it up there and everything about that trip was so frustrating but the fact that you and Cisco would not eat the stupid friggin oatmeal and I had to carry it with us and we wouldn't feed you anything and I fought tooth and nail to get them to just let you eat something, anything. Then
0: y'all let me have the snack, and I was like, "Well, now we got good reinforcement because it's like, oh, if I refuse to eat this, eventually they'll let me have the like the peanut butter, nuts, oats right. bar thing that tastes delicious." Gorp. Gorp. Yeah. Gorp, yeah, that gross name. Holy shit, is it delicious? <laughs> I have not had it since two thousand six or seven. Uh-huh. That shit is fire.
1: Yes, it really is. I still like look for it places, but. I have not had oatmeal
0: since. I've never eaten oatmeal. It's
1: disgusting. Yep. And especially carrying it around
0: in a plastic baggie. I thought it was gross that you did that. <laughs> I was like, you shouldn't. But I'm not was- going to eat it. It's not going to go in my face. <laughs> but it's again, it's going to go in my face fresh. <laughs> it's not going to go in my face 12 hours later. It's not going in me.
1: Oh, my God. But it was one of those things. <laughs> they paid me to do it. Yep. And they would have yelled at do me. Do you remember
0: the punishment in the beginning when I was refusing?
1: Wasn't it like just push-ups or something? You what ju- was it? Well-
0: Uh, because I'm an empathy monster, y'all were like, "Oh, we can't make Billy do pushups; he'll just do the pushups." So you put me in the middle. You and Jason put me in the middle of a circle of all the other kids. (gasps) I made them do it. Do workouts until I'm all
1: about. But I didn't eat it, so they hated me. I was all about group accountability. Oh no! (laughs) I'm still about
0: group accountability. For that, I will just not do it. (laughs) I know. Um, so that was, that was a distinct oh, it was memory. so of being, frustrating. Like Ariana Wall and Cisco and uh, Eddie Gonzalez and all them who just were yelling like eat the fucking thing i was like no <laughs> it was so awful. it's gross i still like
1: that just it was traumatizing i don't want it like yes there are kids that don't eat things let them eat something else but i
0: didn't even want something else i was like i'm good like i got chub that will burn off this is gonna no. be okay um i you definitely had chub that could burn off at that point right so it was like yeah just let me let me do my weird weight loss strategy um and then fucking, um, I, Jason used to tease me for years. The other, my other discovery group leader with Laura was, uh, he would say like, oh, there's a video. And I was like, I hope there's not. And then apparently he was like, oh no, one day he was finally like, oh, Laura lost it or something. I was Wait, like. what I'm, video? He just claimed that you took video of like some of the ridiculousness from that, that woods, that camping trip. What and did I use And I was to so video? grateful. I don't know. But I'm glad there isn't any evidence of this story. <laughs> um, Wait, I did
1: have it. I had a video camera at What's that point. What's important
0: is that you don't presently have it.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm a hoarder. There may be a video out there somewhere in one of my boxes. Oh, you know what, though? I had a storage unit that I lost between then and now. Like Sick. didn't pay, so it Dumb. might have ended up there.
0: That makes me happy. Unlike when my mom lost both of my appearances on the Rosie O'Donnell show, that one made me not happy. Aww. But uh, I was like, "Your kids on national television. You lose the video. He gets a second chance. He goes on six years later, and then you lose that one too." Mom, get your shit together. Uh, but
1: <laughs> right, but that's like archived. You could probably find that.
0: It's been a battle, but that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Um, and do, do what other do other any other tales kind of come think. to your mind? Because I know the big one is like the useless trip and um and and that bedroom mcdonald's thing
1: yeah those i mean we just had so many normal interactions in class you were such a good student um you paid attention you did like to make jokes but you were mostly shy
0: um Like, is it, like, when I, whenever I launched this, so I launched the show in, what, April of twenty four. Well, even before then, I started doing stand-up in 2000, at the end of 2008, like, we were Facebook friends, I'm pretty sure, as soon as I had a Facebook, it was like, when I started doing stand-up, was like, did that register to you in a weird way at all? I remember Pam Birchie was like, I wouldn't have thought that, because she was the performing arts, But she's like, I just remember you refusing to sing a song in front of the class- and and now this.
1: Well, I, so y- there was a, there was a process there though, and I'm trying to remember the timeline of it. Mm-hmm. But when we were first friends on Facebook, you had started that unfriended all stars thing.
0: Yeah, that was a little. That was after I had started doing stand up. Doing yeah. stand up,
1: okay, because that was that, that was, was the great. first. That was terrible. What? That was awful. Oh, I loved it. Oh my god, I was I would sweat every week. Like, oh my god, I'm just his teacher. He's probably gonna unfriend me. He's probably gonna unfriend me. Nah. I'm gonna end up unfriended. <laughs> he was. so... So mean about
0: it oh um was it mean i mean i can't read them because it's down now i took it down thank like god of, no two some two of them ago, were mean
1: some of them were a little mean okay. but yeah no it was most it was catty like it was some of them were just a little bit petty betty um no but that was i mean you had a very dry sarcastic sense of humor at that point i think that I don't remember if I knew specifically that you were doing stand-up uh-huh. then or if it was that I knew the stuff that you were trying to do online, like the, the that and like that um what was the other thing you were doing?
0: I was doing stand-up, I was doing I did the that and then I and then I started this in 2014, which if anyone was wasn't shocked by the stand-up, that must have shocked that anyone who knew me in high school. Must have been shocked that I went this route. Was
1: I shocked? No.
0: When I started talking about sex on the internet? No, that that didn't,
1: but that didn't shock me at all because I've had, I had had conversations with you early enough that you weren't uncomfortable with that kind of stuff. I don't think you were ever uncomfortable when we talked about sex. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I guess it's kind of weird talking about sex with a teacher. No, I think so. That, it was,
0: so it wasn't weird for you when you saw like, oh, Billy's doing something called man. No, I loved
1: this. Are you oh. kidding me? This is great. This was so much more positive than the unfriended all stars <laughs> thing that I was just I thought you were moving in a great direction. And I mean, obviously, coming from the type of person I am, anything that's sex positive, I love mm. like sex positivity is such an important thing that. Any of my students that end up feeling positive about their sexuality, about what they do, aren't uncomfortable talking about sex, talking about protection, talking about relationships, talking about that kind of stuff is fabulous. So I was totally supportive of this. I thought this was a great idea. So I was rooting for you that it would become a good thing. Thank you. And not because I want you to get married or have a great relationship or anything like that. I just enjoy your take on sex positivity. So,
0: Well, you're also probably one of the longer relationships I have, period, in terms of like I've known you since I was 14. And there's not a lot of people that I'm still in like semi-regular contact with since that age. So like you actually just you've known me for half your life. Like more than half your life. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool. It, it's weird watching you guys grow up. I mean, like from that class or from that year at Hyde, the number of... You're like, Kayla's
0: got a kid?
1: I'm actually, I'm not friends with Kayla. I don't follow her, but I'm friends with, um, well now I'm friends with a couple of people, but like Henry, um, he went and had another kid Mm -hmm. and uh, like, there's a, there's just a number of kids that I've kept track of. And I love it that they're in their thirties and are having kids and marriages and everything else. It's kind of satisfying, especially since a lot of you, I wasn't sure if you were going to survive.
0: Mm (laughs) I mean, What, What do you mean by survive?
1: I'm, well, I mean, you know, my favorite hide story, the.
0: Do tell. Oh, God. Do tell.
1: So, like I said, I it's got probably all Probably the- not
0: the same as my favorite hide no, story. No, my
1: favorite hide story is because I got the 3 a.m. calls. One of the calls that I got was a kid whose name I cannot for the life of me remember, who huffed 13 bottles of axe deodorant spray, <laughs> stripped naked and ran into the cornfield saying that he was chasing runaways.
0: Who is that? Oh. it pains me to not remember i (laughs) tend to think i like to remember well so like i remember when mike was like got caught for pokemon porn like i'll remember that
1: oh that's so amazing or
0: like how uh what was it like ash and pikachu who knows i didn't get to see it um (laughs) that was pretty wild or i mean corner warner is the more epic story that i love to tell i'll i don't i don't forget shit like that i remember who cheated on who with people I remember yeah. who jumped out of a window and like it didn't – and into a big uh, thing of snow. The Jum- kid
1: who – well, my other favorite story was the fact – because I was the sports medicine person yeah. and I like to explain things. I like teaching. So I was teaching you guys about my ultrasound machine and how it works because the crystal vibrates and it sends an – Basically, the, the old thing of the body. where like
0: you, like, you spun your yes, finger. Yes, I remember that. I was like, okay. I don't know what this is. This feels like voodoo, right. but sure.
1: But a kid mistook me saying that it had a crystal in it that creates the sound noise by vibrating, and he thought that it was a diamond, so he broke into a three thousand dollar machine to steal a twenty five cent piece of chip of crystal that he thought was a diamond, and broke the machine, so they never replaced it. Um,
0: wow. <laughs> or the. I- The lengths that kids would go to get high were insane.
1: Or to get out of things. Like, you weren't the worst kid to get out of stuff. There's somebody else who broke his arm to get out of cross country because giving himself bloody noses stopped working. He used to take his nose and spray blood over his room and I'd have to go. (laughs) Oh,
0: that hurts so much. (laughs) And I'd have
1: to go in and clean it up. Oh no! Yes, but then he decided to break his arm without realizing that you can still run with a broken arm. Yeah, like oh. it just the not the smartest. I remember one kid kids. like ran
0: away that summer challenge. He ran away, but <clears throat> we had those like steel guards along the actual road, mm-hmm. those little steel things. So he tried to jump over it, and then but he didn't fully go and he sliced his whole fucking leg up, and he had to go like like yeah oh.
1: Yeah, there was a plenty of stupid decisions, but you expect
0: drinking listerine to get drunk. That was a big. That was one for a little bit. Yeah, kids that- were like, "Oh, the things that people would do."
1: Now they could just get like kombucha. <laughs> Everything's got like a four
0: loco. I, I I'm so curious how how high was during the four loco phase, like from when kids realized that four loco could get you drunk to when the adults. I, I like to think that there was a gap in between where adults just thought it was an energy drink and when they realized it was alcoholic and how like kids maybe were low key getting for, lo- getting away with Four loco. I like to think that that was a phase. Yeah. High- I don't
1: know. <laughs> there's a lot of, it, it's, there's always a little bit of a, like a, a window there where kids get into stuff and then the adults catch up with it. Right. So.
0: Um, Another question that came in was, um, if you could picture Billy at 40 then versus now, what would Billy be? I think that means like back then, if you thought about me at 40 versus when you think of me now at 40 is how I think Hmm. that means. Because the other question was, how many recruits did they have sex with? And I don't know what that means. I don't think it's appropriate either.
1: I didn't have sex with any students very proud of you yeah or (laughs) or faculty members or anybody else there (laughs) like there are there are lines we don't cross lines lines are good lines are there for a reason um picturing you at 40 i'm a kind of i couldn't even picture myself at 40 at that point Uh. i mean I could picture you guys in your 20s at college, finally breaking free from your parents and going crazy and having fun and not having the best decision making and thinking all the fun that you would get into. Is
0: that what you did? You broke free from parents and had fun and made questionable decisions? Nope.
1: Nope. Nope. My parents were really chill. I was a goody two-shoes good student always involved in athletics. So I didn't get into trouble because Mm -hmm. I was self-motivated and I didn't want anything to be on my record. Like I didn't want a teenage drinking thing on my record when I, I wanted to get into a college and when I wanted to get a job. So I always Mm -hmm. did stuff that was like goody two-shoes stuff. So I couldn't picture myself doing that stuff at that age. Um, you guys, I just pictured you getting to call, you know how they have that Mormon gap year or um, Amish your th- gap your year. Amish, Rum Amish sorry, yeah. that was so.
0: That's all right.
1: Um, uh, the Amish gap year. That's kind of how I pictured you guys escaping from Hyde and into college and, and having just a blast. Yeah. yeah. And then as far as at 40 years old, I don't think, I guess some do, but 14, 15 year olds don't really know themselves yet. Mm. So it's hard to picture who's going to be straight, who's going to be in a different kind of relationship, like who's going to be married with kids, who's going to have a boyfriend, who's going to have a girlfriend, who's going to be doing this. I mean, there's just, it's too hard to see the future for little kids. Sure, It's just easier to kind of live in the moment. And that's where I'm at still. Like I just live in the moment with the kids that I teach. Mm -hmm. I can't picture them 25 years from now, 30 years from now.
0: So with your asexuality, like how is that blended into the marriage? Like your husband is not,
1: no he is he loves sex
0: it's, and how and, and uh and we're still working on that <laughs> yeah i know we've talked about it a bit um,
1: but <laughs> it's a compromise yeah. i put out i mean probably around once a week ish which i don't know if that i don't know if there's a, a metric of whether that's good bad okay that's above not average, okay. average for, mean, for,
0: for for couples who have been together as long as you have once a week is definitely above average. I think it's some. I mean, I'd have to go Google this. I'm not gonna. So you guys no, go Google di- it. Yeah, we'll but I think I heard something like twice a month is like somewhat average. Um, especially when you got kids. Yeah, I'm sure I'd have to look it up. But once a week is like I don't even have sex once a week all the time. I get yeah. antsy after a week, but I don't even have.
1: Oh my god, he gets <laughs> antsy after after a week or two like sure. if if there's i mean there's obviously times where it just doesn't work out the schedule right. really doesn't work out we're both uh, i work seven days a week yeah. during the school year a lot of times so i'm exhausted <laughs> like dealing with a couple hundred middle schoolers and then sports so
0: well when so when you do choose to have i think what do you call it adult time is that what? yes I, we call it adult time. call it adult time yes um you know, is that like an enthusiastic adult time? Is this like a, like, I'm going to go in the position that you'd like me in and you do the thing you got to do?
1: So he or has learned like put- that if I am a, I, I'm a horrible wife. Um, No, I, I run the DJing. So we listen to music during it and I'm allowed to put on whatever music I want. Sometimes we
0: have adult, can we have adult <laughs> time tonight? But fine. I get to choose the music.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um Generally, I mean, it, it starts the same every time kids make sure the kids are asleep lock both bedroom doors take off your pants get in the bed go at it and we switch positions a few times and whatever helps him Mm -hmm. um
0: but like are you putting on airs a bit or are you just like kind of going through motions
1: i go through motions he's he doesn't he does not expect me to like fake orgasms anymore like it's not something that he knows i'm not in it for me i'm there to fulfill a need that he has Mm. and i'm cool with that i love him like he's my person and i'm willing to do that it's just not something thank god i mean it really gets exhausting having to fake and like actually pay attention yeah whereas right now i mean i just give it to him as good as I can. And then he's a super happy dude and he's good for another week and we're
0: happy. And he's not, he's still not down to like hire a sex worker or go pick up someone himself. Nope. No. Nope. You've or, been, you've been open to that. Though, oh right? yeah, yeah. I would
1: be, I would be cool. I mean, I, I joke that if he wanted to get a girlfriend that I'm totally open to a poly, type relationship i wouldn't mind having another wifey like i just i like people i like cuddling i like snuggling like just as
0: long as i can join the snuggle
1: exactly and (laughs) like be able to get up and make coffee and breakfast for everybody like i i have enough love to go around that i don't need to be like spoiled or whatever but um no he's not into it he says that his penis is connected to his heart Or his heart is connected to his penis and he wouldn't be able to do something that is just casual. And I think, I don't know. I mean, it's got to be where we live, especially, it would probably be hard to find a third person. Nah, no way. That I, I love where we live, but it's kind of.
0: Do you want me to not say the state that you're in?
1: Oh, I'm in Rhode Island. It's fine.
0: I mean, look, the throuple that that one of the more infamous throuples that were like in the papers like years ago. I mean, Mm -hmm. that was Massachusetts. Yep. You're close to Providence, which is fairly, you know, got right, a lot going on. Right, but where we live is very rural, very quiet, and yeah, very, like... New Rhode Island is, like, three miles wide. Like, it's... You're not <laughs> far from anywhere. But people
1: don't like driving in Rhode Island. They're not like me. Like, people... Okay, so one of my friends that I work with, she has never been to New York City. She's lived in Rhode Island her entire life. She's, like... I go to Providence, like, twice a year. Like, how do you like just stay in one little town well, that's so tiny? Well, sex can a quite
0: a motivating factor. You
1: would think so. I
0: have I I have listeners who have told me about meeting each other, both sides driving six hours apiece just a fuck and never meeting yeah. in bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit like meet in real life. And I was like, oh, where do you live? like they'll be like, Aww. this city. they will be like, where's that one? And they'll little bit of a little bit of a little bit of yeah. Sex motivates. Oh, um, it is.
1: It's totally. He I rem- would, he'll
0: do just fine. And honestly, I think he probably can figure out a way for his penis to work without disconnect. being in love with someone. But yeah. I think, yeah, you know, he does his thing, but I think he should try. That's just my opinion. <laughs> well, he's
1: probably going to listen to this, so. He oh, can- great.
0: Hey, man, just give it a try. <laughs> the worst thing that happens is like you fuck someone else and it wasn't super funny. You don't try it again. Uh,
1: it's got to be more fun than fucking me because I'm just like, I mean, I th- I'm, I agree. <laughs> I put out, i I do, I'm just not into it, which what is, do
0: you think it's possible he could be afraid of falling in love with someone else?
1: I don't know, but that, w- would that be so bad?
0: You don't think it's that bad, but there are some people who would, I know. because if that's rocking an entire, the concept of non-monogamy is so scary to some people, even if it's not them being proposed, like there are some people who will want to argue with me about the way I, I date and love because if my thing's allowed to exist, what if they or one of their part, their, or their partner goes like, Hey, I heard about this poly thing. Actually, I want to try it. And now it disrupts their paradigm. So my, my way of life can't exist because it's it inheriting it, it, it in their mind threatens the way they live.
1: Right. So we've talked about that too. Like if he did find somebody that he liked and liked more than me, mm-hmm. like what would happen then? And like if you're happy, and I'm not making you happy. I'm totally cool with almost anything. Like if you really want to leave me and go with somebody else that makes you happier, I am okay with co-parenting. I'm okay being your best friend. I was never the girl to marry. Like I was never the one that just
0: like, not for the. Re- I mean, it just it turns out you weren't the one to marry just not for the reasons they were saying. Because I'm
1: too <laughs> laid back about stuff. Sure. Like I'm not uptight about things. I'm not. I don't need a label on it. Like, if we're cool, if our kids are awesome, I love my husband. But if he wants something different, I've always been open to him doing something different. Mm. He just happens to like me, too. And he likes being married. And he puts up with the fact that I'm ace and shit in bed sometimes. Though he says I'm not shit in bed. He's totally happy with it. But
0: What a nice boy.
1: I know. But I feel like if... But the other thing is, I mean, when we were dating even then we only saw each other a few times a week it wasn't like we that's
0: that's that's a lot seeing each other a few times a week is a lot
1: i guess i don't know because he was living in delaware and i was living in rhode island so i was driving down for like every weekend a lot yeah (laughs) i guess i mean i don't know it was interesting but we were totally cool back then and i think that was why i didn't mind Mm. like having it every time i saw him Uh and i'm okay with it once a month but i'm also okay not doing it for six months like when we broke up i was totally cool not getting laid like it was fine by me
0: i i I, i'm curious if maybe like part of it could be a fear of finding someone else but who knows i mean mean, like i said i i hope he tries putting his dick somewhere else just to try it Because I'll put just for the sheer fact of like, since you are so like go please fuck my friend type of mentality, it's like no most people don't get to try it. Like hey, give it a try, and if it's not for you, never have to try again. Yeah, but it might actually be an amazing Pandora's box. Who
1: knows? I don't know. I just want him to be happy.
0: I mean, that's that's beautiful. Uh, that's a beautiful type of love. Look at that. I guess uh well laura thank you for you know uh coming by i'm glad we've been able to stay in touch all this time same and uh you know um you know thanks for talking about cock in my dorm room at like midnight uh, <laughs> it's it was the beginning of a beautiful friendship Yay. <laughs> feel free to like uh if you have any closing thoughts cool if not feel free to say goodbye to everybody
1: i can't wait to do this again when you turn 40 and we can revisit uh. Ha! it's only 10 years right
0: yeah
1: (laughs) and i'll be 50 i know right oh my god a full no i well hopefully i last that long um yeah no hopefully we can do this again someday and well i mean sitting down and talking not necessarily with a microphone in front of our (laughs) face but we can continue to meet up and talk about stuff and we'll see
0: can't wait yay but it was fun It's so it was it was just such a delight to catch up with Derwin, uh that way. It is similar to that uh, episode a couple weeks back with my seventh grade crush, Yelena Alexic. Right? You know, you you have these people who played a significant role, even if for a moment, in your timeline, and then your paths diverge and you go down these totally different paths. So to reconnect with Laura uh, after she has seen like my journey online for the past, like, 15 years. Uh, it was really cool to get, get a, a full update on, like, where she went to. would love to know what you thought. You can shoot me an email with your comments, your questions, your criticisms, your titty pictures at manwhorepod at gmail.com. Uh, you can connect with me on social media at the TheBillyPrecita. I'm on Instagram at BillyIsPrecita. I'm quite active on both of those. I tend to reply and respond uh, quite often, I post over there, uh, you know, quite a bit. And if you are interested in some man whore merch or uh, sex positive funny memes, or you know, you want to stay up to date with the latest man whore news, uh, go on over to the Man Whore Podcast Facebook fan page and smash that like button. Next week, oh boy, oh gosh, uh, releasing finally after. <laughs> nervously sitting on them for a while i will finally be releasing my conversation with the co-author well with the with the cancelled co-author of the book more than two franklin vo we're gonna get into it oh boy oh boy in the meantime if you want to gain access to over a hundred bonus episodes of the man Whore podcast uh you can become a member of my patreon community it's a great way to get access to bonus content and support the podcast at the same time. You can become a member today for as little as $2 at patreon.com slash Podcast. That's p a slash Podcast. Next week, I am uh, releasing a bonus episode exclusively over there uh, with Sophia Page. She's going to be talking to us a bit more about uh, having a friendship first approach to love and connection. Enjoy your week and weekend, everybody. Um, Happy Fourth of July, black people. You should be owning this country. Um, So sorry we fucked that one up. Wear your fucking masks. Stay slutty.